This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg. We are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right. I'm not always going to win, but we hope we'll be convincing. We'll talk about how our teams are doing heading into the playoffs, and for some leagues, playoffs. Uh, the playoffs began last week, and wow, what a, what a wild weekend in the NFL. As always, we will unpack it all today on the show. Uh, we're a part of the Unpacking It podcast network. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It ministry studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we've had a blast bringing this show to you all year. Uh, we'll have one more episode next week as well. Uh, but then in the new year, we'll do some recap uh, episodes potentially. And um, then, of course, in the, in the summer, we'll ramp things back up again uh, as we prepare for next season. But it is playoff time right now. And so... You're looking for some encouragement. You're trying to figure out what moves to make. It was funny. After the service at church on Sunday, we had this big fantasy powwow. This, this one guy at my church in this diehard uh, league, and he was he was trying to get everybody's advice since so we're all in together. And so this is the time of year we just need different opinions, try to figure out, wait, am I thinking the right way about this player? Uh, who do I put in my lineups? And uh, we'll have some fun with that today on the show as well. Uh, but then also... We're debuting a, a new segment today. I am going to give you a Christmas movie and the player in fantasy that reminds me of that Christmas movie and how they how they relate. So uh, we'll do that in, in just a little bit. So make sure you stick around for that. Uh, we did it at Thanksgiving. Harrison gave us Thanksgiving food items and how they compare to fantasy players and so today it'll be the christmas edition of that so uh we'll, we'll have you jump in on your your uh your answers as well so uh so be thinking about that uh also we are brought to you by sugar creek coffee and they've got a passion for coffee a love for people it's handcrafted small batch artesian roasted it's delicious visit sugar creek coffee com sugarcreekcoffee.com use the promo code unpack and you'll save some money and let them know that you you heard them here on uh fancy football fellowship but uh use that promo code unpack and also they'll deliver the coffee to your door so uh it's it's delicious and it'll it'll also uh you can you can count on this they don't roast until you actually place an order so you can be assured the freshest roasted coffee is delivered to your door. SugarCreekCoffee.com, promo code UNPACK. All right, so as we begin almost every show, we begin with some fantasy shenanigans. 
what took place over the weekend, how did it affect our individual teams, what were some of the kind of crazy situations from the fantasy weekend, and the one, as we say hello to Harrison, Harrison, the one big thing for me that I that I was reminded of this year, I don't like the schedule change where they've added another week at the end of the season because it's affected by weeks. It seems like bye weeks continue to be later and later, and they've dipped into the prime part of the fantasy season. And I did some unique leagues this year, and we just needed to have the playoffs begin in week 14. Well, we got a handful of teams, the Packers, the Colts, on buys. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So it's unfortunate that this did affect teams in the playoffs and I have a feeling it may have affected you as well um and so uh that's where I kind of begin just overall uh but for me going into Monday night football last night I lost by a half a point it was devastating I I was going up against Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins neither one of them had a big day which kept me in it and they did just enough even though DeAndre Hopkins fumbled I still wasn't able to get the win uh, which was a bummer. And so uh, I, I I didn't make the playoffs in a league that I've been in for 19 years. The second time I've missed the playoffs in 19 seasons. So it was a big deal. Very disappointing. Uh, so anyway, Harrison, how are you doing? And uh, shenanigans did you face this weekend? Yeah, before I jump into fantasy shenanigans, I just want to say that everyone here is praying for Mike Leach and his family. Legendary college football coach passed away this morning. Um, I know a lot of people don't know him as much as they do about the Dabos or the Sabins of the college football world, but he's truly one of the most impactful passing minds for football. And you look at guys in the NFL now like Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley, they all came out of his system. We wouldn't see the high octane passing offenses that we do in the NFL right now or in college without him. So I think it's relevant on a fancy football show where we want guys to be scoring points to Remember Mike Leach and all that he did to innovate in the passing game for the NFL, for college football, and let us have these incredible fantasy seasons that we do with explosive passing offenses at the NFL level. Um, so I just wanted to mention that first. But then going into fantasy. Well, let me just say, let me, one other thing to add to that. Mm-hmm. As we reflect on Mike Leach, is there, has there been a better coach in interviews after a game with, with better one-liners, better – just hilarious comments. Uh, we're we're going to miss that. And I, I can't even think who's second. Who, who's the second best? I, I, I don't know. He, he was number one, and it was a clear number one in, in just a char- being a character, great for college football. I don't know who didn't like him. Everybody liked him. Um, and so, that yeah, it's very sad news and uh, only 61. So, uh, yeah, hate hate hearing that uh, today, that the college football world and the football world uh, definitely mourns uh, Mike Leach for sure. So thanks for, for mentioning that Harrison and, uh, hard to transition into fantasy silliness, but, uh, we'll, we'll try our best. So, uh, so, so jump on in on, on how the, the weekend affected you. Yeah. So you talked about bye weeks bye weeks hit me huge in one league. I had Justin Fields, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Chris Olave, and Alan Lazard all on by five of my starters. So needless to say, I lost in that league. It didn't end up mattering because that's the one league that I didn't make the playoffs in this year. But in another league, I made the playoffs, won in round one, got a big win thanks to Jalen Hurts and surprisingly Zay Jones. Zay Jones came in with a huge game in the flex for me. Um, And then I think the biggest takeaway in fantasy shenanigans for me this week was 
guys who have been injured and I haven't been able to trust this season, showing signs of life right before the playoffs start in J.K. Dobbins and Mike Williams. Two guys who I had high hopes for who were both on the same team for me. You know, my fantasy roster took a hit when they both went down. They're now back. J.K. Dobbins looked like he was during his rookie season, absolutely explosive as a runner. It'll be interesting to see what scoring opportunities he gets in the Baltimore offense now that, you know, both Lamar and Tyler Huntley are, are down with injuries. Um, and then Mike Williams just completely showing out on Sunday night football, catching the deep balls, getting the red zone targets. He had a monster game. It's good to see the chemistry with him and Herbert is back because he's someone who I'm really going to need to lean on to win a fantasy championship when I have him. If people are in the playoff hunt and ha have relied on Chargers players, you could be in for a treat. Like these guys, you know, Herbert was awesome the other night. He, didn't, he only threw one touchdown, which was somewhat surprising considering the volume that he threw. But um, they have the chance. Like those guys could win your league for you. Herbert, Williams, Keenan Allen. I mean, even Josh Palmer continues to be uh, relevant. Um, and of course, Eckler, he's, he's been awesome. But um, they're one of those teams that they've got the ability to, to get hot and finish strong. Yeah. But, you know, like Mike Williams, He's, he's been a disappointment for a, a lot of the season. So have guys been able to overcome that? And, you know, you're still alive in the playoffs. That's what I don't know. Uh, but if you and, are, and, man, you're loving life. Yeah. During the playoff stretch, Chargers have the third easiest schedule in the NFL. They play teams like the Rams, like the Broncos, who are just going to be shutting it down. So there's they're fighting for a playoff spot. They're playing bad teams. There's a lot of opportunity here for them to explode for fantasy over the last four weeks of the season. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the Unpacking It Fantasy League, we are in the playoffs, and, and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. However, I lost to Paul. So, so Paul, congrats to you. You, uh, you took down my team of Tua, Saquon, and ETN. So good luck to the, the remaining teams. We have three divisions that will all funnel into one Unpacking It champion. Uh, so we're excited about that. The other shenanigan for me, I, I had this feeling like I, I really wanted to trade Damian Pierce in a dynasty league. I was able to do it. I was able to get Tyler Lockett and Zay Jones for Damian Pierce and Tyler Conan, and I'm feeling good heading into the playoffs. I got a buy, and my team is, is locked and loaded. I'll, I'll have a really good shot at, at winning it. But now Damian Pierce is out one to two weeks. Texans, of course, are... You know, they, they play tough against Dallas, but over the next few weeks, can't, can't really count on them. So uh feel really good about that. And, um, and then, of course, I, I'm in another league at my church. And, you know, I've, I've kind of been limping along this year. Just, you know, guys underachieving. Now, guys are lighting it up. All right. We, uh, we always try to hold ourselves accountable here on this show. Uh, anything that you said last week, Harrison, that you got to own up to? Yeah, so last week I said to go pick up Tony Jones if Kenneth Walker was out for Seattle. And Kenneth Walker ended up being out, and Tony Jones was named the starter before the game started allegedly. and then proceeded to have two yards during the game. Right, allegedly. So, you know, Tony Jones is now the curse of Fantasy Football Fellowship. I don't think we can ever mention his name again because every time we think the breakout's going to come, he's going to have a shot, he lets us down. Um, and the worst part about it for me was I had Samaje P. Ryan in my starting lineup in my flex. I saw the news that Tony Jones was allegedly the starter, like I had predicted, swapped P. Ryan out, put Jones in. P. Ryan ended up having a touchdown. Jones did nothing, only had one point. So there's some accountability on my part. 
Yeah, I, I went and grabbed Tony Jones once I saw that notification as well. Uh, did not start him, though. Uh, but where I've got to be held accountable. So I, I'm a, such a flip-flopper because I, I wasn't one of these guys that was all in on the Dolphins, right? I, was very, I, I didn't draft any Dolphins players other than Chase Edmonds, uh, which was a, a whiff. But for the most part, I avoided the Dolphins. Well, then they're lighting it up. They're the best offense. You know, for a few weeks there, it was Tua and Waddle and Tyree Kill. And it's like, oh, these guys are unbelievable. Well, I ended up picking up Tua at one, you know, in one league. And then I traded for Tua in another league. Well, Tua has not been great recently. It's been a huge disappointment. And I, I ended up trading away Kirk Cousins in order to start Tua. And that has not panned out well for me. So uh, I got to own that. And uh, sometimes you got to follow your gut. Sometimes you got to stick with how you really feel about guys. And uh, even if they have a, a few big weeks. So I, I, I kind of whiffed on, on that. Unfortunately, um, I think something that I think I'll, the funniest part about uh, the Dolphins offense is we look at someone that we were out on was Tyreek Hill because of how inconsistent he's been in the past. Even when the Dolphins aren't performing well as an offense, it's crazy how consistent he has been this year. Probably the most consistent wide receiver in the NFL in a game where they can't get anything going on offense. He still scores 20 points because he gets a fumble recovery for a touchdown like that is just so wild to me that even in a bad game, he finds a way to get 20 points for your fantasy team as a guy in the past who would give you 20 points one week and then four points the next. Yeah, it's he, he has been unbelievable. And yeah, the, despite Tua's struggles, I mean, Tua's just not playing well. Very concerning. Um, all right, here's what I'm excited about this week. And I just happened to throw a dart. It's always fun in fantasy. You throw the dart sometimes. You're like, all right, I'm desperate. You know, bye weeks, guys are out, all that kind of thing, and you're looking for people on waiver wires on the waiver wire. I happened to start Richie James this week. Did anybody start Richie James in all of fantasy? Probably not. Very rare. But I just I had to do it, and he scored 19 points. It was shocking. It was unbelievable. Total dart throw. So uh, I can't take credit for it. I, I just I I saw the name. I was like, eh, why not? We'll give him we'll give him a try. Sure enough, he came through for me. So what are you most excited about this week? Yeah, so one thing that I'm excited about, even though it's very limited sample size, Jamison Williams, like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, he yes. showed off the explosive ability this week. Wasn't super involved in the offense. They're still working him back in, but a 41-yard touchdown reception for his first career reception. I mean, right there, that shows you all you need to see that he could be an elite player in the fantasy playoffs here. And the Lions are winning. They are winning games. They're five and one in their last six games, which is unbelievable. You know, they're making a playoff push. Williams is going to be a part of it. Jared Goff is playing great. I'm excited to see if he has an expanded role in this offense and be can become an elite receiver here down the stretch. And then one thing that I'm not necessarily excited for, but I feel good about because I was right, was on last show I said not to fall into the trap of Tyler Huntley being the starting quarterback for the Ravens. He only picked up six points this week in fantasy. I, with Justin Fields on bye to get a QB. Instead, I grabbed Ryan Tannehill, who put up 18 points, which isn't amazing, but was solid enough for me. So I, I feel good about not having Huntley in my starting lineup. Yes, I want to talk a little bit more about both those teams, Baltimore and Detroit, in, in just a little bit. Uh, but let, let's jump into some of the key injuries this what took place this past week and then moving forward. Which injury are you most concerned about fantasy-wise? And not just for the specific player, but also the ramifications and the ripple effect uh, 
moving forward? So the one that I think I'm most worried about is Debo Samuel on the 49ers. Because, mm. you know, even though Brock Purdy has been amazing these last couple games for the 49ers, we saw the offense clicking. But so much of that is because of the opportunities that Debo Samuel opens up for the rest of the players on the offense. Now, they still have Brandon Ayuk. They still have Kittle. They still have McCaffrey. But when the defense isn't having to focus so much on everything that Debo brings to the table, you know, is Ayuk still going to get those one-on-one situations where he's been torching guys? Or is he going to be focused on more now that he's the number one receiver? You know, in the run game, when Debo's not coming in motion, are the linebackers going to be more keyed on Christian McCaffrey now taking the handoff and not worried about Debo as much possibly getting it. So I think there's a lot of wrinkles in the offense there where yes, if you have Debo, it's not great for your fantasy team that he's out, but I think seeing how the offense works without him, given that it's such an integral part of everything they do, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands is going to be really interesting for the 49ers to see how they work, especially when they have a quarterback who Mr. Irrelevant has only played two games so far in the NFL looks great, but we'll see how he performs now with his best receiving weapon out. Yes, that's a big one. I'll talk about Brandon Ayuk in just a little bit, though. Uh, the one injury for me, they, it, it killed the Steelers. I was really excited about the Steelers finishing the season strong. George Pickens, Deontay, Deontay Johnson, um, Fryermuth, those guys. And if Pickett is out for you know, with these concussions, it seems like guys are going to miss at least one game. Um, that's sort of what we've seen this year, especially since that Tua injury earlier in the year. You know, everybody taking it even more seriously than the past. So Pickett went out last game. Looks like he'll you know, maybe miss another game. That's a bummer because I, I was I was excited about Steelers players. Now, I want the Panthers to beat the Steelers, of course. Um, but that's a that's a, a fandom uh, situation. Um, and the other you know, interesting injury was the Russell Wilson getting a concussion himself when they were playing so well against the Chiefs and lighting it up offensively, Jerry Judy, three touchdowns. So I I don't think you can trust any Broncos moving forward. I, I would not be putting Broncos players in the starting lineup if you're in the playoffs. Uh, but that was just sort of interesting that you know Kansas City was allowing that type of production from the Denver offense that we haven't seen you know any of that. And then, of course, Wilson gets injured, which is just, you know, that was a, a bummer for him and for Broncos fans. All right. Any last thought on injuries? Yeah. So I think a big one is Ramondre Stevenson from Monday Night Football last night got banged up. We know the Patriots running game is so effective, but he's been, you know, banged up. Um, Damian Harris has been hurt. So who is the guy there that's going to take the bulk of the carries for them? You know, they've got two other rookie running backs on the roster. So I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how he performs for you know, this week in practice, is he going to be ready or is he going to be one of the rookies taking over the starting role um, next week? And I think Kyler Murray then is the other really interesting one. We saw him go down with what looks like an ACL injury, non-contact. Um, you know, is he going to be, you know, in his absence or guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, are they going to be able to produce at the same level that they have in the past with now Colt McCoy? They didn't look too bad on Monday Night Football, but I think it'll be interesting to see the level that they're able to stay moving forward for the fantasy playoffs. Cause those are guys where if you have Deandre Hopkins, you're probably counting on him to be a solid wide receiver too, for you uh, on your fantasy team. Yeah. The Cardinals, uh, I wouldn't have much confidence in them moving forward. And I haven't had much confidence in them all season. Now Hopkins is unbelievable when he's rocking and rolling, but uh, I think, I mean, you still have to put him in your lineup, but Brown is questionable. I have Brown 
I may have to because we, we start three wide receivers. So he's at least a wide receiver three. But, man, if you're counting on Brown to be a wide receiver two, yeah, not, not so much. All right, good stuff, Harrison. Uh, we'll talk to you in just a little bit as, as we debut our Christmas movie and fantasy player segment. But before we do that, here on Fantasy Football Fellowship, we, we always love our weekly breakout where we take a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and you can find more content on fantasyfootballfellowship.com, and you can read all of the, the content that we put out there this, this year. And uh, hopefully next year you'll, you'll continue to be involved with Fantasy Football Fellowship and bring it to your league, bring it to your church, uh, so that you can discuss these topics with your league. That's, that's the best case scenario, and then we love discussing it here on the show as well. And so this week we're talking about consequences consequences for bad decisions because fantasy football and life all about decisions. I mean, that, that that's, that's the, the key to having a successful fantasy season is making wise decisions from the draft to lineup decisions week in, week out to waiver wire decisions, trade decisions. All of it comes down to what decision are we going to make? And, and in life, it's the same case. But uh, let, let's begin on the fantasy side where, you know, the, those of us that have teams in the playoffs, we're loving life. We, we've reaped the benefits and, and the, the rewards of making those good fantasy decisions. For those of us that have missed the playoffs and our teams are out, we're reflecting back on the poor decisions that we made, the players that we missed on. Oh, I shouldn't have made that decision. I shouldn't have, I should not have made that trade or, the, or that draft selection. And, and so, you know, as we reflect back on them, the reality is we're responsible for those decisions. And so we have to own up to the draft misses, the waiver wire misses, and, and, and the areas that, that we, made, we made mistakes. Um, you know, the player that we shouldn't have kept on our bench as long or as in the starting lineup as long as we did, or the, the guy we kept on our bench too long, we should have released him. Uh, we talked about that topic a little bit weeks ago, but uh, these types of decisions cost us the playoffs or, or cost us a potential fantasy championship. There are consequences for making the wrong choices. And, and so with the decisions that we face in life as well, there are temptations awaiting us and moments that will determine the path we go down. And based on what we decide, there are consequences when we make the wrong choices in life. We can reflect back on previous choices, but we'll also have choices today and moving forward that will also have consequences. And the most important decision that you and I have to make is, will we trust Jesus for salvation and, and, and will we surrender our lives to Jesus to place our hope and faith in him to, to receive eternal life because of what Jesus did on the cross, the, the, his death and resurrection uh, on our behalf. And so in Romans, it tells us for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so thankfully, if we place our faith in, in Jesus, we rest in his grace and, and the forgiveness that, that he gives us uh, as, we, as we seek 
to live for him and to do his will. And, and so the consequence for our sin is no longer death. So thankfully it says in Ephesians that he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. And so as we reflect back on the mistakes that we've made, we are forgiven. That that God's grace covers us through Jesus. And so we rejoice in that, that God shows us great mercy and, and, and grace while, while restoring and transforming our lives as we repent and turn from our old life and turn from those past mistakes and head toward the path that he has for us each day. And, and so at the same time, the, the, the choices that we made from our past, some of them still have consequences. We still deal with the consequences from our former life here on earth. Thankfully, eternity, man, we rest secure in Jesus and the eternal life that we have in him, not based on anything that we did in our past, but based on Jesus and what he did for us on our behalf. And, and so as we move forward, we need his strength to help us face those negative effects that those decisions have on our lives, that we still have consequences from past choices, and now we don't have to figure it out in our own strength and ability. But no, we trust God's strength, his, his leadership, his guidance in our lives, and we trust him to redeem and restore those, those mistakes that we made in the past. Now, fantasy, you got to move on to you know, next season and, and think back to some of those mistakes and, and move forward. Thankfully, in life, God restores, redeems, and continues to transform our lives as we, as we rest in him and trust him. And, and so each day, we now face the decision to either follow God, his way, his word, trust in his direction, or pursue our own selfish desires. And so in order to avoid giving into sin and making you know, continuous foolish mistakes, as followers of Jesus, we have to constantly seek Jesus for wisdom and guidance moment by moment. We have to yield to him instead of yielding to our flesh. And so we can avoid you know, a lot of these future uh, you know, poor decisions or, or consequences or, or things that we face right now if we actually listen to, to God and his word. Because you and I know there are choices that we have where we, we know what's right and wrong. And are we going to choose what's right? Or, or are we going to give in to our selfish desires and give in to temptation? And we have to remind ourselves there are consequences. Yes, God's grace covers us. Yes, he forgives us. But we can't settle for cheap grace and say, ah, I'm going to go do my own thing. Ah, I'll just ask for forgiveness later. No, we seek, we seek God's best. And, and we seek holiness, a life that is set apart, that's different because of what he's done for us. And so we want to avoid these consequences of sin because they're there. Here on earth, we will you know, reap what we sow. And, and so we, we have to continue to uh, you know, choose, choose the right path. Um, and so uh, the encouragement today is to, to have this, this desire to uh, you know, do God's will. And, 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 and trust that he will show us uh, the right way to go and that we will reap tremendous spiritual blessings both now and for eternity when we choose him and say yes to, to, to obedience and yes to holiness and, and to live uh, according to his word. And so in Galatians, it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death 
from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And, and so let's, let's trust the Holy Spirit uh, within us to lead us, to guide us, and, and to know uh, that, that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we get to live eternally with him and, and that we get to be led by him day in, day out to, to avoid uh, those negative consequences that, that are there for, for choosing sin um, and choosing that sinful path. So I hope that's encouraging for us uh, as we reflect back on we, we, know, we know mistakes are a part of the, the fantasy world and, and mistakes are a, a part of life. But man, we've got so much hope and, and confidence in, in Jesus and his grace. And so let's rest in that today um, and not live in shame, but, but live, live in grace and, and, and praise God for the way that he's uh, saved us and continues to just redeem and restore so many areas of our lives. And so we thank him for that. So you can unpack that today. That's this week's breakout. Uh, you can read more on fantasyfootballfellowship.com. All right, let's have some fun with uh, Harrison right now, and, and we're going to uh, debut this fun Christmas segment. So Christmas movies, some of my favorites, I figured out, all right, which player represents the movie? So let me begin with my favorite Christmas movie, Harrison, and that is the original Santa Claus with Tim Allen. There has not been a, a movie that can beat it for me. I love watching it every year. I like to watch it close to Christmas. But here's the deal with Santa Claus. It delivers every year. And which player seems to deliver every year? And, and really, this season delivered every single week. Every time I watch this player, I'm pleased. Every time I watch the Santa Claus, I'm pleased. It's Austin Eckler. It's my guy, Austin Eckler. He has not scored below 10 points this season. He is a double-digit scoring machine. He averages 22.5 points, which leads all running backs with, with running back uh, or fantasy average. So, uh, so I'm all in on Santa Claus and Austin Eckler. So there you go. Does, uh, does somebody come to mind as, uh, as, 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 I guess, first off, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, my favorite, favorite movie. My favorite movie. I would probably have to say is Christmas Vacation. I think that's okay. probably there's just so many quotable, funny moments from that that always stick with me. So I'd go Christmas Vacation probably. Okay, okay. So that I'll, I'll go to that. So for me, I love Christmas Vacation as well, and I think it's always funny. It's always reliable. You, you, you know that it's just part of the tradition of Christmas. It seems to capture uh, all the funny elements of the the the, the season. Right? It, it puts it on the on the big screen, so to speak. Um, and so, uh, it's always reliable, always funny. You know, who's always reliable in the NFL, Travis Kelsey. There, there's nobody more reliable than, than Travis again, week in, week out. So, uh, you could go either way with Eckler and Kelsey. It's almost, you can almost swap it here, but, uh, I also find Kelsey to be funny. I think he's a funny personality. He's just great for the NFL. Great for fantasy, uh, and, and Christmas vacation. Always great for the for the season. Uh, always always a lot of fun. So Chevy Chase delivers uh, <laughs> year in, year out as well. All right, here's a fun one. So I enjoy Jingle All the Way. This is, this is a, a to me, a, a funny movie, but it's also really stressful because it captures the, this isn't necessarily the case anymore where you have to go out and buy a certain gift because now people can order online and that sort of thing. But back in the day, Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to find Turbo Man and 
it's a it's a a stressful movie yet also really enjoyable. And you know who that player has been this year where he's had an incredible season. But it's also always stressful is Miles Sanders because you never know with the Eagles is Jalen Hurts going to vulture a touchdown? Is Boston Scott going to vulture a touchdown? And, and you know, this high-powered offense, it's it's been a blast. To me, the uh, Jingle All the Way is a high-powered movie. It's just high intensity. It's it's nonstop from start to finish. It's, a, it's just a wild movie. And that's what it's been like for the Eagles this year. It's been a wild season. It's been fun. Um, now, uh, there have been some some moments this year with, with Miles Sanders. He'll stress you out because he has had four performances under 10 points. But then he's had, you know, like last week, two touchdowns, 28 points. He can also light it up. So uh, that is that fair? Stressful? Miles Sanders has been a little I think it's a very fair, very fair take. <laughs> All right. So we know the Grinch. You know, the Grinch stole Christmas, right? Who stole your fantasy season? What players? So for me, it was the Colts. Michael and Jonathan Taylor stole my season. I know for many people, Brees Hall stole your season. He was going to be a steal for you. Um, and then Kyler Murray, he, he's stolen a lot of seasons. Lamar Jackson has stolen some seasons. Uh, who else has, has stolen like the Grinch uh, that, that comes to mind for you, Harrison? Mm. Um, to me personally, I resonate a lot with Jonathan Taylor. And I think Jonathan Taylor works the best because the Grinch does have a happy ending at the end. <laughs> Jonathan True. Taylor, we have seen the last couple of weeks kind of catch fire a little bit, get more involved in the offense. So we could have a happy ending to the Jonathan Taylor story if everything plays out the right way for him in the fantasy playoffs. Nice assist on that one. Totally agree. That's a good one. All right, so let's go Home Alone. Now, I love Home Alone. It's a really good movie, but let's be honest. There are some down parts where it's a little slower. It's just a slower-paced movie. You know, uh, Kevin's all alone, and you know he's going to the grocery store and you know, all that kind of thing, walking back. Remember, there's just some slow parts. Nick Chubb, man, he's had an awesome fantasy season, but he's also slowed down. He slowed down in recent weeks. The last two weeks, only eight points. Um, in, in week 11, uh, he only had uh, 9.7. In week six, he only had eight points. So there were just some slow down moments in the Nick Chubb season. But overall, he's been a great running back, especially the value that you got uh, with him. So Home Alone, great movie, a little slow. Uh, but Home Alone 2, such a fun adventure. I'm more of a Home Alone 2 guy personally. And Home Alone 2 came in with some hype. You know, I had to match how good Home Alone, the original, was. But it lived up to expectations. And I would even say, you know, it's better. It's better than, than the last, than the original. And, and so who was that this year? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts came in with so much hype. Everybody was saying, oh, he's going to be the top quarterback. And sure enough, he's been the top. He's been the top fantasy player, period. And, and so uh, he was great last year. He's been even better this year. So he is home alone too. Um, all right. Christmas with the cranks. I watched that Sunday night. You know what? I think it's the most underrated Christmas movie and I've underrated it. And I really, I, I grew to appreciate it this year more than ever. Uh, I just think it's a great story. Good. You know, all, all around awesome movie. And you know who was underrated in fantasy this year? Josh Jacobs. We all doubted him. We just, we always kind of take him for granted, but guess what? He's eighth overall in fantasy average. He's the second running back as far as points per game goes and right behind Austin Eckler. 
And so Josh Jacobs, very underrated. Um, can you, who, who, what, is there an underrated movie or underrated player for you, Harrison, putting you on the spot there? Ooh, underrated player. I mean, I think a guy that you mentioned before was Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he's been fantastic this season. Um, another underrated player that I think going into the season was Alan Lazard. Even though he hasn't had the highs that Josh Jacobs has had, he was going super late in drafts. He's just been a solid receiver throughout the whole year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, last one. The movie Elf. Who doesn't like Elf? Elf is always a, it's a good time. But at the same time, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. If you just sort of look at the preview or you like somebody tells you about it, you're like, come on, that's not good. That, that's, that's too silly of a movie. There's no way. Come on. But when you watch it, it totally surprises you. It's hilarious. It's heartwarming. It's a fun movie. Will Ferrell de delivers a, a Christmas classic. And so who did we, going into the season, think and, and kind of you know, doubt or say, oh, that's absurd? Geno Smith. Who thought Geno Smith was going to be fantasy relevant this year? There's no way. It's Geno Smith. He stinks. Come on. That's a, that's a joke. You can't, you can't tell me he's going to be a big-time uh, fantasy player this year. Well, guess what? He's sixth in total scoring for QBs. I, I know he's coming off an off game, but, but he's been very fantasy relevant, has absolutely delivered, and I'll even throw Daniel Jones in there. Who would have thought? Like, oh, Daniel Jones. That's silly. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. There's no way. He's been 10th for quarterbacks, so not, not a bad season for him. Uh, again, he's probably not coming off a, a decent week, but, um, but those two guys surprised the way Elf surprised initially and, and continue a, a fun movie every year. So there you go. Those are this year's uh, Christmas movie comparisons to fantasy players. Any, uh, any, any reaction from, from you, Harrison? I think on Elf, another guy who's just very goofy because a very goofy personality like Elf is Jamal Williams. You know, <laughs> someone who's been a backup running back his whole career, but comes in as a leading the NFL. I don't know if he's still leading or is, you know, second at this point in touchdowns. Like, that's just insane that Jamal Williams has come in as now a double-digit touchdown machine for the Lions after just being sort of a mediocre backup running back in his career. With DeAndre Swift still there, you know, who would have thought that Jamal Williams is the guy in that backfield? Yes. So with that said, we're going to lead into our final segment of the day. We're going to fly through this uh, rather quickly because uh, we're, we're short on time today. Um, but I'm going to give five guys plus the rest of the way and five guys I do not trust the rest of the way. And so I'm going to begin with the guys that I do not trust, and you can agree or disagree. But you just mentioned Jamal Williams. I don't trust Jamal Williams the rest of the way. To me, the Lions offense is really rocking and rolling across the board, and I'm not sure who's going to be the guy each week because Swift had a couple good games, and he had an off game uh, this past week. We've got guys like DJ Chark contributing in a big way. You mentioned Jamison Williams earlier. Uh, you can't forget St. Brown. So a lot of mouths to feed, and Jamal Williams to me has peaked. Um, so I don't trust him the, the rest of the way. I also don't trust Saquon Barkley. You're talking about a neck injury to a running back? Do not trust him. Uh, Jalen Waddell, he had 19 points in week nine. And follow that up with 10 points, 13 points, two, five. I'm out on him. I can't trust him. And then Mike Evans, he hasn't had a good, good week since week eight. Do not put Mike Evans in your lineup. You can't trust him. And then my guy, Travis Etienne, awesome from weeks you know five through nine. And then in week 10, he dropped down to 10 points. 
and hasn't broken 10 points since. I don't trust him as a as an RB2 anymore. I mean, he's maybe a flex guy just because the talent's still there, but I do not trust him. Um, and then five guys that I do trust the rest of the way. On the flip side, I trust Trevor Lawrence. He's been lighting it up. He was the number one guy this week uh, for quarterback. He's been awesome. You mentioned Jay Dobbins earlier. Oh, yeah, he's going to finish the year strong. They run the ball so much. They don't have Lamar Jackson. If Dobbins is healthy, you can trust him. He's going to be good. Uh, I do trust Brandon Ayuk. He's the guy. He's, the, he's who they're going to rely on. Brock Purdy, Ayuk, let's go. And then how about da- David Njoku? When he's healthy, he's as good as any tight end. Well, not any tight end, but he's a, he's a top five tight end. Uh, so I trust him the rest of the way. And then lastly, Zonovan Knight with the Jets. Man, he outtouched Michael Carter. We were worried about the, 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 the split. Knight's got it. He's the guy in New York. So uh, I trust him the rest of the way as well. All right, Harrison, I, I flew, flew through it. I know we're, we're running out of time. Uh, any, any last uh, reactions here as we wrap up the show? I completely agree. Saquon really scares me as guys that you can't trust. Just because at this point, you know, I don't want to say that the Giants are flukes, but I was never convinced during that hot start they had. They were beating bad teams. Now they've got a lot of injuries. Things aren't really falling their way anymore. Tough schedule to finish out the year. I do not trust Saquon there. And as a guy that I do trust a lot, I agree with David and Joku. Um, you know, even though the offense has been pretty shaky there for the Browns, Deshaun Watson has looked his way. You know, he's an elite physical specimen, getting yes. the targets, just unbelievable player. I think he's going to be a great tight end down the stretch. Speaking of tight ends, as we head to the waiver wire, absolutely have to get Evan Ingram. Got it. He was awesome last week, and and he's been, he's had his moments this year, somewhat inconsistent, but the potential's there. Uh, who else are you picking up on the on the waiver wire this week? Yeah, like you mentioned, I thought J.K. Dobbins should be have already been taken in every league, but he's available in like 30 or 40% of leagues, probably because guys were just done with injuries and cut their losses with him. So if he's available, go get him. He's going to be great for the rest of the season. Um, talking about the Patriots running back situation. If, you know, Ramondre Stevenson is out this week, Damian Harris has been banged up. Pierre Strong is the guy that I like in that backfield as a rookie. He's super explosive. We saw what he did on Monday night football. I think he averaged like 15 yards per carry, scored a touchdown, had two receptions for, you know, 20 yards. He ran a 4-3, 40-yard dash. So he is a super explosive running back. I think he could have a great opportunity there if he's the guy this week due to injuries. Um, And then I think the Houston Texans running back situation is interesting to monitor. Well, I wouldn't probably make them a priority. I mean, we saw a stretch last year where Rex Burkhead was a top 20 running back. He's still there. So if Damian Pierce is out, lean on Rex Burkhead. Dara Gumbawale is also there. He's going to get some work in the passing nice. game. So I think nice those job. are some interesting, you know, guys that you, like they're not sexy to put in your lineup. You don't want to have them there, but they're probably going to produce over the next couple of weeks if Pierce is out. One more time. Dare. Oga, I I don't know. You can't do it again, but you nailed it the first time. Way to go, Harrison. Good job. Good job. All right, man. That's funny. Um, well, great, great show. Enjoy it. And uh, Harrison, awesome uh, season here in uh, with Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. Next week's show, I'll be solo. Um, and, and so it'll be a little bit shorter of a show. And then uh, we'll bring Harrison back for, uh, for our January recap reaction shows. We'll talk championships and, and all that kind of thing. So uh, have a wonderful Christmas. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. We appreciate all the support. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a fantasy manager who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. 
I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy managers who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. 